Welcome to the Dermatology Podcast, the official podcast of the European Academy of Dermatology and Venereology. I'm Christopher Horskamp. And I'm Adriana Juraszek. And we are your hosts. This week, we are back with part two in a two-part series on STIs with Professor George Soren Tiplica and Dr. Derek Friedman. We have, we have a lot to talk about. Maybe this is just an introduction, uh, but I hope it's a practical introduction that uh, opens up new horizons and new concepts uh, for our colleagues, uh, particularly our, our colleagues who only see a few infections. But before we get into it, Face-to-face courses are back. Specialists, residents and now nurses all have the possibility to attend EADV organised courses. We're looking forward to meeting you in some of the most beautiful cities in Europe. To see what's coming up next, go to eadv.org and check under face-to-face education. If you're not an EADV member, have you thought about becoming one? Benefit from access to on-demand webcasts, online courses, 19 medical journals including EADV's esteemed JADV, over 20 textbooks, reduced fees for congresses and symposia, and much, much more. Go to eadv.org under membership for more information. So last month, we got to hear the first part of a conversation between dermatovenereologist Professor George Soren Tiplica and venereologist Dr. Derek Friedman. Today, we get to listen in on the second half. So without further ado. We don't appreciate the psychological impact of these conditions. And really what we're trying to do is restore people to a normal life, to give them a life. And in fact, in some cases, because they talk to their potential partner before they have sex with them, they have better sex and an enhanced life. And this is the message that you can give to them. And this is not a message or not a thing that you can get from online testing or from a clinic that rapidly progress uh, processes uh, people and tries and fa- fails to treat them as, tra- as patients. I totally agree that um, uh, patients with uh, STIs um, are stigmatized. Uh, the society probably is not uh, very well prepared to um, discuss these uh, problems. And um, I think that we have to enhance a little bit the awareness uh, on STIs. Um, we have an um, uh, open week for uh, testing, for instance, in April, we are doing uh, tests for free. And I know that this activity is uh, all over Europe. Maybe we can increase uh, uh, these um, activities uh, in many countries and uh, we will be able to um, make um, most of the young persons, also the old one, uh, aware about the uh, danger of STIs, but also on the way that we can treat uh, the disease. Uh, without uh, any problems. Uh, I think that we we need a a good uh, media um, companion and uh, I'm very helpful. I'm very happy that uh, EDV is offering us this possibility to discuss about um, STIs and um, to reach uh, uh, many persons. Um, I think that um, we uh, observed this, uh, this time um, an increase uh, in um, all the STIs. It's a new wave. Do you think that we can do something to stop this, uh, this wave of STIs? I have an interest in history. When I started in this field in Ireland, 
my colleague, the other venereologist uh, at, a, at an international meeting, uh, stood up and said, oh, we have no VD in Ireland. It doesn't exist. Uh, my colleague from Belfast stood up and said, yes, you're quite correct, because they all come and see me in Belfast. And there was great denial. Uh, there was enormous denial of the fact that there were any sexually transmitted infections in what was a very conservative country at the time. I went to the Department of Health and spoke to the medical officers there, and they said, oh, uh, you know, our figures for infections are extremely low. We've less than 2,000 in the country. And I said, of course, that's true, because nobody notifies them. Uh, and I asked for more facilities. I asked for, for a proper, proper uh, clinic, proper things. Nothing happened. So I found that the only way I could achieve anything was by going directly to the media, the popular press, the broadcasting situations, by giving interviews, by showing what's going on. And also I did a telephone survey of all the doctors in Ireland, about three, 400 representatives, about 10%. And we found, for instance, that uh, gonorrhea was underrepresented by a factor of 20. Syphilis was under diagnosed by a factor of 10. Uh, we found one city in Ireland was an international port, airport and everything else. And it had a construction site with some English girls who took an extra contribution out of the wage packet. Uh, that was the gonorrhea capital of Ireland. Put that in the popular press and we had a clinic there 18 months later. So it's not just our colleagues we need to talk to. We need to talk to the people at large through the popular press, through the popular media, to make people more aware. I think also uh, we have a little danger in that our generation were more inhibited to talk about infections. The young people coming up today are knowledgeable, they're aware, they will come in and they know, come and get tested, get screened. Uh, they are not interested in making relationships, permanent relationships until their 30s. So they're quite athletic until then and perhaps it's necessary because I think I'm sure Sora and you also note that people who settle down uh, in their early 20s often separate in their 40s and go for new adventures. So it's not such a bad thing uh, but unfortunately girls do forget one thing that there is a time, time limit on them and the uh, infertility clinics are extremely busy. You are totally right. Uh, some truths are very painful. Um, of course, uh, notification is a big problem. Um, going out of press, it's also another problem. And um, if we put this together, we can uh, uh, have some uh, very difficult truths to deal with. For instance, uh, the number of uh, congenital uh, syphilis cases are increasing. Uh, we see this uh, everywhere. For instance, in the States, they, uh, they are very unhappy with the situation. Uh, a lot of um, uh, mothers are um, below the age of 20. And uh, with uh, a pure uh, poor uh, information or education on uh, sexual activities, uh, you are very easily going to, to this situation. So uh, I think it's time to act. And uh, as uh, doctors and uh, dermatologists, 
um, we have something to say and there are many activities that uh, we can involved in uh, mainly to uh, make um, aware our um, uh, co-nationals our patients and everywhere else and to discuss with um, authorities to support us and um, to be able to um, stop a little bit this wave of STIs. So this, uh, this is not our problem. We have the tools. We know if we do routine serology uh, at the beginning of pregnancy and for people who are in at risk uh, at midterm or at the third trimester, we can prevent this. This is a social problem of social and economic deprivation. Uh, I've often commented and list, listened to Alistair Cook many years ago. Uh, United States, the one example you give, here you have a first world country with third world populations. It's a social problem, it's an economic problem, it's an educational problem, and it's a problem uh, where uh, politics have ignored vast numbers of their population and left them to wither. In Eastern Europe, you can talk better. There's been poverty, there's been reasons, there's been uh, economic deprivation, uh, and it, you know, it's, it's only in the last 20 or 30 years that everything has advanced. Uh, but you know, this, these, these are political and economic uh, problems that, need, that, uh, that are the root uh, of, uh, of the congenital syphilis, where we neglect significant portions of our population. Speaking about uh, economic difficulties, um, of course, we can link this with STIs. Um, but um, I want to be optimistic. And uh, I think that um, the next uh, decade will be um, of uh, big help for this, uh, these patients of ours. And uh, we will see a decrease uh, in the number of cases. Uh, even if um, WHO was not very successful in uh, deducing until now um, uh, the congenital uh, cases uh, all over the world, I think that uh, we will be committed and um, we will see, we will observe uh, a decline uh, in, um, in these cases. And uh, hopefully nothing will interfere with this uh, march uh, for... Um, uh, this is a, actually a very significant tool because the presence of congenital syphilis and the rising incidence of congenital syphilis and for the pub public and for politicians to see babies affected is a very powerful message for the need to improve our control of this infection and uh, to resource the control of this infection and uh, I suppose we have to face it that at the moment the majority of the infections that we are seeing uh, of syphilis uh, certainly in uh, Western Europe United States are amongst MSNs which uh, cross over with drug use and linked to the heterosexual population so uh, I think we need to look at the epidemiology carefully and we also need to look at the impact uh, of PrEP on partying. Uh, 
we are seeing an exponential rise in syphilis and gonorrhea. And uh, I think when, uh, when you give people a tool that is a prevention, we also have to give people instructions and advice how to use it. Otherwise, it will be an abuse. And speaking of PrEP, of course, we are preparing not only for HIV, but uh, there are some studies ongoing for um, um, using the same method for syphilis, for instance, using doxycycline. And uh, we are eager to see the results. Um, we don't know yet, but probably very soon, um, science will be able to uh, make the prevention even, uh, even better. You know what is the best PrEP? Don't tell me that you have to, to stop. The best, the best prep is to know the name of your partner, their telephone number, talk to them, give them breakfast, use protection, and like any sport, give them a return match. Relationships, quality sex. This is something we should talk about, is quality sex, sex that is worthwhile. Uh, we're seeing a lot of threesomes, foursomes, parties, all sorts of things. Uh, that's fine, but do you call that sex? I just call that, you know, masturbation with a group. We have, we have a lot to talk about. Maybe this is just an introduction, uh, but I hope it's a practical introduction that uh, opens up new horizons and new concepts uh, for our colleagues, uh, particularly our, our colleagues who only see a few infections and maybe are more interested in other areas of dermatology. Do we have any vision for the future? So uh, we discuss about uh, uh, new diagnostic techniques. We discuss about uh, uh, new ways of uh, uh, treatment. Uh, we discussed about uh, stigma. Um, how do you see the future of STIs? That is it, to enhance people's uh, uh, concept of sex, their enjoyment of sex, and you are not going to do that uh, through online testing or through processing people rapidly through clinics. This is, comes back to the difference between the good doctor who treats the infection and the great doctor who treats the patient. Sure, let's, let's, get, let's enhance all the techniques, let's improve our diagnosis, but it's not just making a diagnosis and handing out a few pills, it's actually trying to enhance the patient, to enhance their life, to give them a wider perspective. Um, my father was in primary practice and the concept was you treated every patient as if they were a friend, somebody you knew or a member of your family, you did your best for them to, so they walked out of the consultation feeling a lot better, feeling enhanced, and feeling they have a future. That's really the key. And so that's it for this two-part series on STIs. We would like to thank Professor George Sorn Tiplica and Dr. Derek Friedman for their interesting and lively discussion, and thank you, our listeners, for tuning in. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure you follow us on Spotify or subscribe on Apple Podcasts to make sure you get the newest episodes delivered right to you. We appreciate you joining us and look forward to presenting more interviews, research, and other topics of merit. Until the next episode, take care of your skin. <laughs>